two of Block to Block Podcast. Yes, sir. The best podcast in the world for all things Web3. Here we're going to be breaking down the technology, what's going on in the market, and the ways in which you can benefit. I am the Marvelous Mamadou. I am the Dashing Derek. <laughs> and we're happy to be here today, man. Let's get started. Yes, sir. Episode two, man. I'm excited. Same, same. How was your weekend, man? Uh, it was good. It was good. Um, but not really. I, I got my wisdom <laughs> teeth pulled out. So, yeah, that, that shit was painful. But, you know, it's all good. It's all good. Got it over and done with. So, we, we ready to get back to it, man. Ready to get back to it. How about you? How your weekend went? It was cool. Mine was smooth. Like, my wisdom teeth been removed and all that. So, <laughs> you know, you ain't got to rub it in. You ain't got to rub it in. That ain't right. that cool. That ain't cool. But at least you did it in one sitting. I, I took, like, two years apart. But other than that, man, I was chilling. I listened to that God Did album by DJ Khaled. Okay. Okay. I, okay. God Did. <laughs> we the best music. <laughs> believe in us. Mama she Did. <laughs> Yo, that was that joint was fire, man. Okay. Okay. I ain't get a chance to listen to it yet. I feel like any and everything would have made me sick this past weekend. So mm. that's uh that's high on my list for this upcoming weekend for sure. Man. For sure. All right, man. Well, give it a listen, man. Cause like I said, Wayne went off, Jay-Z yeah. went off, uh Rick Ross was dope. Uh who else was on it? Eminem went off. Like okay, okay. It's dope because like in terms of hip hop al- albums, it has like all different sounds, right? Like you have the goat rappers. You have yeah. like more poppy type dance raps. You yeah, have yeah. like the trap stuff. Like it, it was lit. It was like a really good holistic hip hop album. Yeah, DJ Khaled had to had to shake back after the last one. So mm-hmm. good to hear he uh he did something right this time around. Another one. Another one. man. Well, speaking of another one, we got some yeah. more crazy, well, really cool stories to hit on today right i want to kick things off talking about ethereum so as we know ethereum has been in the news a lot because of the merge that they're taking to update their their product their way of processing from a proof of work to a proof of stake yeah and you know people have been really excited however there may be a bit of an obstacle in a way because hetzner which is a german-based cloud servicing firm is possibly going to kick off Ethereum from that platform. So, right. It's kind of crazy, man. Oh, man. Damn. So, how did that Yeah, why that that happen? You got to tell the people. We need more. Yeah. So, Hesna is, you know, what they do is they host some of the Ethereum nodes. And a node is just a computer that does, like, the processing for that Ethereum blockchain network. Right. And... They actually host up to 16% of their nodes. And what they came out in in an official statement via Reddit (laughs) (laughs) is that their company does not allow for crypto mining, nor does it allow for crypto staking. And as we know, Ethereum is going to a proof of stake protocol, right? Yeah, yeah. So, So yeah. How how much, how many nodes are on that that Hessner? Uh, cloud hosting service 16 percent of ethereum nodes 
Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. It is. It, and I did a little bit more digging as well because I was like, dang, like, how does one company like host so many of these nodes, right? Right. And then I looked and I found that, funny enough, AWS, Amazon Web Services, which is the biggest cloud computing forum in the market, yeah. they host 53% of Ethereum nodes. That's serious. That's serious, serious bro. So that means and- if, <laughs> if, for whatever reason, you know, Vitalik start beefing with, with Bezos, <clears throat> you know, the Buterin, Buterin, uh Bezos beef startup, Ethereum might be screwed. That, that's what I'm hearing. I am too, bro. And like, it's crazy because as we read this, it really raises the question of, is Ethereum really decentralized, right? Right. Because as we know, in this space, a huge, a huge like attribute of the blockchain is this idea of it not being decentralized, meaning that no one organization controls the network, right? And, you know, it's decentralized. Everybody ha- plays a part in it. There's no central ownership. It's right. like a power to the people type thing. Right, but right. Hessner powers 16% of this network, and AWS powers 53%. That's 69%. Mm. You know, it's tough, though, man, because how, how do you overcome that, right? Like, uh, AWS, they, they power so much, and, you know, it's, it's not easy to, to host, you know, host oh, yeah. uh, web services. So, you know, it's, it's almost like a catch-22 where it's like you would need – the more like hosting platforms, but man, it, I mean, it takes so much money to, to do that. Um, and you don't want to, I mean, I guess the Ethereum foundation wouldn't want to bring that in house, right? Because then that centralization goes from, you know, AWS to Ethereum, which, you know, begs a, another, uh, you know, ethics question, if you will, of, of whether this is truly decentralized, you know, who is really controlling um, you know, this platform and, and all these other platforms that are being built from it, right? So, I mean, it, it's that's, that's kind of tricky. Kinda it tricky. is tricky. To me, like, the idea that comes up is it may be an opportunity for, like, business owners who provide, like, smaller cloud servicing firms, right, who can mm-hmm. possibly get involved with that Ethereum network and say, hey, we can host some of your nodes, right? Because... Ethereum's in a predicament, right, where essentially two companies power like almost 70% of their network. Right. That's not decentralized, bro. Like, right. like you said, you piss off the wrong person, or the organizations may take a different change, you're vulnerable. And Ethereum's mm-hmm. vulnerable, as we're seeing with Hessner saying, hey, it's very possible that Ethereum <laughs> is going to get kicked off. Because Hessner's in this predicament too. Like, they let out that statement. Like, if they don't back their word, it looks kind of crazy. Right. Especially right. to the Reddit community. <laughs> is, is there a reason uh, why Hessner said that they were making that move? Or is it just they didn't really give a reason? They just came out and said, hey, we're, we're not dealing with this anymore. Yeah. So from what I've seen, it was just more so from a, like a policy standpoint. And I think it's like there's so much attention right now with Ethereum. All eyes are watching them. Like you yeah. have. Ethereum crypto traders who are like trying to buy all the ETH right now 
because they see that value going up. Mm-hmm. Um, you have organizations looking at Ethereum saying like, hey, not only are they the biggest DAP provider in the net, in the whole Web3 ecosystem, they're going to be more efficient too. Like we may want to start using them within our organization. So there's so much buzz around Ethereum. And with that, there's going to be like, you know, people are going to look into things such as like who powers the network and whatnot. And Hessner's in right. this position where they're like, hey, we got to put out a statement. So mm. it, it's kind of crazy, man. Like I yeah. personally love Ethereum, right? Like I think yeah. it's great for just different solutions that can come out and it has make a huge positive benefit. Right. This ain't decentralized, bro. Cause that's what it's sounding like. Cause like from an, from like the network standpoint, it's not. And then also like with the cryptocurrency, ETH or the actual cryptocurrency is like not decentralized mm. because back in February, Morgan Stanley said they put out a report called cryptocurrency 201. What is Ethereum? Mm-hmm. And they said it was less decentralized than Bitcoin. They said top 100 addresses, like the top 100 people, yep. own, back in February, it could be different now, but back then, the top 100 folk own 39% of Ethereum. Mm. So get this, get this, right? As of today, yep. all of the Ethereum in the market is worth yep. $17.4 billion, right? You know. Okay. Okay, okay. Slight slight work, slight work. So if they own 39%, it could be possibly more, right? Because we're in this recession. But just going back to February, 39% of that is 6.78 billion. Wow. That ain't decentralized, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's not spreading the wealth at all. It's not. It sounds like it's a repeat at this point. Yeah. It's a repeat. Okay, that's crazy. So, so what's what's the takeaway from from all this? What, what can the people kind of take away from from you know what's going on with with Ethereum and Hetzner and you know mm-hmm. I, I'll talk about you know decentralization and, and is Ethereum really decentralized? What can the people take away from this? Um, <laughs> you know, my personal opinion based on the facts, but the main takeaway I would say, similar to what we said last week. For all my creators and all my business owners who want to get involved with the blockchain yeah. with and like making your projects, take your time to really research these blockchains and you got to assess like how sustainable they are. Like, so how many, like, is it truly decentralized? How many nodes are being powered by like a couple of companies, right? Like, so for example, if you're looking at Ethereum, and you see like, oh, okay, two organizations powered the majority of the network. That raises questions. Like if you're comfortable with that, that's cool. Not saying don't proceed with it, but it's something to really assess to see like overall how sustainable you think this is going to be in the long run. Long run. Because, you know, we're in the space where we can really build powerful projects and like make true value, but you have to choose the right blockchain that you believe has some longevity. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Also, you know what I'm what I'm hearing too. You know, you heard it here first. You you know, other hosting services, big opportunity coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, sixteen percent of of the the nodes are looking you know for for a new home. We can't let it all go to Amazon. Yeah, so, 
You can you can fight you can fight Bezos in them. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, that sounds like a losing battle, but you know. No, no, but you know, there's riches in the niches, right? And like, if you yeah. can cover out your space in the market, that's true. Like, you can you don't have to be like, oh, we power twenty percent of the network. But if you can get like a significant stake of it, bro, yeah. you can you know do something that's profitable. So. Definitely for like business owners who are like in the cloud computing and like hosting services, this is a good opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's great. That's great. We appreciate you telling us about, about Ethereum and, and the newest new um, on you know Hessner and, and what they're going through. I wanna I wanna switch gears a little bit and hop into our next topic, man. Like, so uh, you know, of course. Uh, they're technically our competitors, but I, I did want to talk a little bit about OpenSea uh, because they did announce that they will to start. Uh, they will start accepting Polygon and Matic. Um, and, you know, to just kind of toot our own horn. That that's kind of the the route that that we're starting with. You know, because because mm-hmm. we've seen the value in in that layer two solution and, and what that can mean and what that can do for a platform. But right. I wanted to to run through. You know. Uh, give another perspective, give a competitor's expect, uh, perspective on, you know, this Polygon platform and that Matic token. I mean, if, if you don't know, Matic is the cryptocurrency for the Polygon network. Um, although it is a, a side chain to Ethereum, like we talked about last week, um, they do have their, their own cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so OpenSea announced on August 30th that they'll start integrating uh, Polygon into its Seaport protocol. Um, and, and so, you know, they really made that change as a, a way to avoid high Ethereum gas fees mm-hmm. and make signature confirmation actions easier to read and remove the need uh, for new users to pay an account initialization or setup fee. Um, and, you know, I kind of want to touch on that, that signature confirmation because that's huge too. Um, and basically what that is, is, um, you know, whenever you go to, to purchase or you're selling an NFT, uh, when that transaction pops up, there's some information that's given um, on the crypto wallet or within the crypto wallet, right? And it just kind of lays out, uh, you know, currently or before what it would do is just give the... Uh, the, the addresses, right? The public addresses of, of the people who's participating. And it would give also a, a hash of the the message, the offer message, if you will, the offering consideration. Well, now with this, this new uh, technology, it'll actually show what's in the offer and the consideration, right? So your offer is what the person buying is, is willing to offer for an NFT and the consideration is uh you know what that nfc seller is is requiring um and and you know what they'll consider uh as payment for that nft or for you know any item if you will any token um and so you know that that comes alongside uh seaport which is which is a a protocol that they're upgrading uh in terms of open sea they they used a, a previous protocol um, but now they're they're doing seaport, right? And that allows for for buyers to to offer a mix of crypto and tokens or NFTs, if you will, to acquire an NFT. 
Um, so what that means is is now with that change, right? You can go to OpenSea and you know maybe even Timbuktu, be on the lookout, and you can offer. Let's say you you um, you see a board ape that you like, um, and you say, you know what, I have another board ape that it doesn't cost as much as that one, um, but it's still quality board ape. I'll offer that up, and I'll offer up the you know remaining balance in uh, Ethereum. Right now, you're able to do that versus before you can only pay in crypto. So this change to Seaport and, and using the Polygon network, it's going to save $460 million in total fees per year. So this is a huge move for OpenSea. It's a huge move for the NFT market when it comes to transactions and volume. Um, you know, we, we've seen, and, and Mamadou will get into this a little bit later within the market, uh, the daily volume is, is going down right now, right? We're mm-hmm. in a recession, um, you know, Times are, you know, getting tough, you know, buyers are becoming more constrained. Um, But, you know, with that, we're seeing a a lot of great upgrades. We're going to see a lot of great things come out of this. So when we get to the other side, uh, you'll definitely see a a different world. We'll see, you know, um, more mature Web3 technology, a more mature Web3 marketplace. So, yeah, man, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. Cool. So what's what's yeah. the takeaway for the audience? Yeah, so you know, I, I have a I have a little spill and just like what this this means. Um and it kind of touched, you know, touched on it just now. Um, you know, but I think the the biggest takeaway is that you know these marketplaces are focusing on reducing gas fees and increasing the flexibility of what markets can do. Right. So I think, you know, as businesses, creators, um, culture makers, <clears throat> as you're looking at marketplaces, right, we talked about looking at blockchain platforms. Um, but now as you're looking at marketplaces and places you can go and uh, sell your your product, your NFT, <clears throat> excuse me, you you want to one, of course, think about like what does that marketplace offer? You know, where are they going? Um, you know, what is what is the focus? Are they continuing to innovate? But also, I think it's important for you know you as a uh, patron of that marketplace to also give feedback to those marketplaces. Right? Let them know, hey, this is this is what's going on. Um, you know, this is what we would like to see. This is how your marketplace can better serve not only my business, but the community at large, right? It's important for, uh, you know, in a, in a sense for the, the people who are using the platforms to work with the marketplace uh, to, to make sure that that marketplace becomes something um, that's special, right? Something that, that can, can become a, a staple within the the economy and within business um, and within the culture, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. you know, that, that's the takeaway. That That's what I got. A little long-winded, but. Just a little long-winded. All good, though. 
just messing. I'm just these are just jokes. For sure. Cool. Sure. All right, great, man. So from but we're gonna do this real quickly because I know you got a quick take you wanted to expound upon. Yeah, kind of yeah. like what we saw about last week. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man, it's um kind of like how we how we how we set it up, right? Like we're going from uh blockchain to marketplace. Now we're gonna dive into like NFTs and NFT projects. Right. And with this quick take today, I want to, to build upon and expound upon what we talked about last week uh, with copyright um, and, and, you know, what's going on with Moonbirds. So um, if you don't know, <clears throat> Moonbirds was actually launched by a guy named Kevin Rose. Um, he founded the, the Proof Collective first, uh, which was an exclusive NFT project. Uh, where he only released a thousand uh, NFTs for exclusive members, um, and then from there he launched Moonbirds, um, mm -hmm. which was you know more for the public um, and more public facing. And we talked a little bit about it last week, but Moonbirds, it I mean it set the market on fire, man. It yeah. it generated two hundred and eighty million dollars worth mm -hmm. of primary and secondary sales. In two days, two days, that's it, $48, $280 million was made from profile picture of Moonbirds. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. $280 million in two days. $280 million. 28% of a billion. Two days. Two days. More than a quarter of a billion in two days. So... Of course, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit last week, but they were kind of under, you know, under a little bit of bit of scrutiny. They were they were in hot water yeah. a little bit because they decided to uh change that Moonbirds. Um, you know, they decided I won't say change, but they decided to go the route of Creative Commons Zero or CC Zero. Right. right. And and what that is is essentially no rights reserved. Um, so it's an open source mm. approach to brand building where anybody can use Moonbirds for commercials, memes, anything like that. And, you know, what they expected is because of this, it would, um, you know, essentially increase the branding, you know, the, the brand or marketing of Moonbirds, right? So uh, making sure that, uh, that Moonbirds is able to go viral on these platforms. You can use it for memes. You can use it in commercials. Like it's basically open season. Um, but you know, at the same time, you know, it was a controversial decision. Um, right. Some championed it, right? Some said, you know, it's forward thinking. It's a web three mentality, right? Decentralized, you know. Um, but others, you know, it, it was a loss of individual rights, right? right. And, and some people even claim that they have been deceived, right? They thought that this was an right. NFT where, hey, I'm buying this NFT. I get ownership. rights to, right, I get ownership, rights to this Moonbird. And then that was kind of pulled from under them, right? And we, we talked about last week, there was one guy that had a deal on the table. And that deal ended up getting pulled because of that move. Right. So it, it put them in a tough spot. It 
put them in a tough spot. But for the quick take, what I want to focus on is is what Rose said, and I think this is important for um, you know if, if you're thinking about starting an NFT project, thinking about putting one out there, um, you know I, I think it's important to remember this. I, I thought this was like a great takeaway from from Rose. Um, so he told Decrypt, "We knew that this was we knew that this change was going to be controversial, but." Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, we think pushing the limits and not becoming complacent will ultimately be the correct call. We're far mm-hmm. too early in Web3 to stop experimenting. Right. I think that is the number one thing right now. If you're going to do an NFT project, if you're going to launch an NFT project, you cannot be afraid to experiment, right? Especially, you know, Rose, he has a popular, you know, NFT drop, right? So, like, he has eyes on him. He has things to lose. If you are, um, you know, starting from a place of you only have, you know, 20, 50 people buying right now, it is important for you to experiment. It's still early. You you have a group of people that will, you know, work with you on that experimentation, right? They, they will give you feedback. They will find ways to improve your project because they're invested in it. So don't be afraid, you know, this Web3 world, it's about taking risks, it's about experimenting, it's about, you know, stepping out and, and doing something different and innovating. So that's what I got in terms of takeaway for our quick take. I appreciate y'all listening to me rant for 15 minutes. It wasn't 15. <laughs> but I love that quick take, bro. And because it's all about being courageous, right? Yeah, and being unafraid of mistakes, you know, oftentimes we're too we limit ourselves because we're like, oh, this has to be perfect. I need to tweak this. I need to do that. Yeah. But perfection does not exist, mm. and it's just a procrastination tool. Go out there, yeah. like try it out. If you fail, learn why you failed, and try again. That's it. So, I, That's I love it. that take, bro. For sure, and I listen. I, I love your 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 spill at the end as well. That that's the the perfect summation of it. Be courageous. Most definitely. Cool. So I do want to take a moment to like transition to the market, right? Okay. Let's talk okay. about like what's happening within the space. So first things first. Last week on the twenty sixth, we got big news from the Fed Reserve with Jerome Powell, the head of the Fed. You know, not the not that Fed, but the federal central <laughs> bank of the country. <laughs> and we got the alphabet boys. Yep. And uh, <laughs> what, he, what he said is essentially they're going to have like a hawkish monetary policy, meaning that the Federal Reserve Bank is going to become even more strict with mm. when it comes to the monetary policy and increase interest rates. So what does that all mean? Right. The, the central bank is really responsible for setting the fiscal and the monetary policy. They essentially control the money. And their main aim is to ensure that the economy is you know, functioning well, that is growing. And during times of recessions or economic downturns, right? what they do is they'll have policies when they may do things such as raise interest rates to help offset the inflation that we're experiencing because we're experiencing record high inflation here in the United States. And 
So what does that mean in the world of Web3 and crypto? Folks ain't like it. So people, <laughs> people who are investing in Bitcoin, what we saw at that time was Bitcoin took a 4.3% decline at the announcement of that, right? And it and at that point, it went down to $20,559. Mm. As of this morning, it even slumped a little bit lower and is now worth $20,041.76. Jeez. Right. That, I mean, that's huge because at one point, Bitcoin was at 68000 69000 So, you know, it, it, it's... Whew. And the reason why it's important is within the world of crypto, Bitcoin essentially sets the market for everybody else. All the other cryptocurrencies tend to follow the path of Bitcoin. Like if Bitcoin's going up, you're going to see coins like Ethereum, Cardano, and the rest go up as well. But if it's going down, those coins go down as well. And while Bitcoin fell by like 4% at the time of that announcement, other cryptocurrencies such as Ethereum fell by like 11%. Once again, they follow the big, big fish in the market, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we're at this point where today's the first day of September. The feds are most likely going to raise rates this month by 50 or 75 basis points, meaning mm-hmm. like interest rates are going to go up. The Federal Reserve interest rates are going to go up by like 0.50 or 0.75%. And what happens whenever rates are raised, what it does is it offsets consumer spending because things become more expensive. Like debt becomes more expensive. People tend to s- stop spending as much. And if you're not spending as much, you're not going to invest your money in assets that are risky. Yeah. Cryptocurrency is probably like outside of maybe making your own business. It's probably the most risky asset class as of right now. It's super volatile. The prices yeah. go up and down drastically each and every day. And as a consumer, if you're in a recession, things are tough and you know things are going to remain tough for a while. Are you going to like put your money into something that's more surefire or into like something that really goes up and down in huge spikes each and every day? Mm. The answer is you're not, which is why we're seeing these cryptocurrencies take a decline. So that's one big thing. Like definitely pay attention to what's going on in the macro economy, like what's going on on the government level, because everything is interconnected. Yep. Yeah. And I also wanted to touch on what's happening within the NFT space, right? Because it's a great indication of overall market activity. So last year we talked about the number of transactions that occurred. Mm-hmm. Well, NFT sales have fallen by 35.57% within the past seven days. So right. now we're at 60,259 sales as of this morning. Yep. And the total value of those sales had fallen by 60.26%, bro, to the total value being like $49.1 million of value. Ooh, man. And that's, that's, that ain't looking too pretty. That shoot. ain't looking too pretty at all. You had $100, and then it, you you lost $60 in like seven days <laughs> to force I'd us be, to control. I'd be hurting. I'd be in pain. 
Mm. I'd be in pain. My my girl had to come pick me up off the floor for sure. Be in a fetal position somewhere. Like, I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. Right. Because once again, we're in a recession. This is a yeah. time where gone are the days where you can just put stuff out there and it just goes buku crazy, right? Yeah. Like you have to focus on value. Going back to what you was just saying, right, with the Moonbirds and like your quick take and your lessons, you have to be focused on value. This is the time to like experiment and see what truly sticks because you can't just simply, you know, put out things that aren't valuable. Right. Right. And, you know, that's why on the Timbuktu, we're working with business partners who focus on collectibles who focus on giving out business solutions that are mad valuable, you know? That's the approach that we're trying to take during this time, right? Yeah. So pers- from a personal standpoint, while it does seem kind of bleak, like, dang, like things are just falling apart, now is the perfect opportunity for you to be courageous, experiment, focus on mm-hmm. value, and build something that's great during this time. But also be yeah. careful and be mindful of what's going on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Nah, man, that, that that's great points. That's great points. The market is is scary right now, man. Like nothing that you said just now made me feel comfortable about me putting my money into the market, right? Like it made me mm-hmm. want to go hide my money somewhere that can't even the bank. Nobody can touch it, right? But I think you know, and, and of course, we are not financial advisors. We do not nope. give financial advice. We're nope. simply just talking about, you know, personal feelings about this. Um, you know, we know now purposes. Listen, that's it, strictly educational. Uh, but but now is the time when, you know, millionaires and, and billionaires are born, really, you know, if you will. Um, you know, this is I would say, you know, in, in terms of what what we've seen. What we've learned is that, you know, recessionary times are tough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, recessionary times, you're going to see prices drop. But, you know, what goes down, you know, once it hits a floor, there's only one direction that it can go. Mm. Right. So if you're being smart about it, if, you know, you're saving up your money, you find the right time to get in. You might find yourself uh, benefiting from this time, mm. right? You might find yourself in, 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 you know, being able to to get a good deal, you know, because you know these companies aren't going anywhere, right? Your, your Teslas aren't going anywhere. To be honest, your Bitcoin and Ethereum, they're not going anywhere, not. right? Your your Cardano's, your your polka dots, your, um, you know, your, your XRP's, like like they're not going anywhere. So. I think it's important for, um, you know, people, you know, listeners, um, anybody who comes across this, um, you know, look for companies that you think are going to be big. You know, if if you don't have it right now, put aside, you know, a little bit of money here and there. And when you feel like the the time has come, um, go ahead and and put some money in and, and, you know, just, just see where that goes. You know, see where that goes. But don't bet the house on it. Don't don't bet the house on it. Don't bet the that, house on it. And this is not financial that. advice. We just, you know, <laughs> what we would do. Right. But and also don't bet 
make educated decisions yeah. and you have a portion of your net worth that you're comfortable with possibly losing out on. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Don't bet the house. I just had to put that out there. For sure. And like I said, uh, I think I said this last week, YouTube University, one of the best ways of going, just like, you know, search up Warren Buffett, what he's saying about companies. Um, you can't completely trust him, but you know, just, just look at look at what he's doing. Um, of course, Earn Your Leisure, Market Mondays is great about this. Just you mm. know, talking through. Go look at go listen to some old uh, old episodes as well. They have some some gems in there. Um, but yeah, you know, don't don't let this time scare you away. Um, take the the news about the market. Take it with a grain of salt. Uh, understand that that this is what happens. Markets go up. Markets go down. Um, and you will see it come back. So. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Well, just to wrap things up, man, did you want to give some more free game before we leave out? Yeah, man, I got some I got some free game that's just heavy on my heart, man. It was it was heavy on uh -oh. my heart. I was thinking about it this morning, man. This one, this this free game is specifically for my underrepresented founders, man. Mm. It's for you. Um and, you know, I feel as underrepresented founders, right, Black, Latinx, uh, Native, you know, women, women of color, right, um, I, I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of times the, the market, the investors, they count you out, right, and, and they feel as though you know, you may not be the best bet when it comes to being an entrepreneur, mm. right? And, and, you know, with this free game, what I, what I want to focus on, it's not necessarily that piece because I believe, you know, the, the best founders that you can have are probably going to come from, from this group of people, right? If, if given the, the same opportunities, the same resources, you know, underrepresented founders will outperform, mm -hmm. Right. But what I want to focus on is not that, you know, you should be given a, a chance or, you know, money should be invested. I feel like those things are, are you know, a, a given at this point in terms of, you know, how I feel personally. But what I want to focus on is the competitive competitiveness of your innovation with your companies. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and of course, th there are a lot of startups that are that are being super innovative and, and shout out to, to those those companies, those businesses. Um, but I don't want you guys to be left behind in terms of Web3, blockchain technology, NFTs, DeFi. Like, this is something that is here to stay. This is something that's going to be the, the staple of businesses. Your big companies are focusing on it right now, right? Nice. And, you know, of course, I'm an always shameless plug, the Timbuktu, Relink. You guys come talk to us. Right. And even if you don't decide to work with us, even if, decide, if you decide to go your own way, we want to give you game. You know, this is why we started this podcast It's so that you don't get left behind in terms of this new technology. Man, I, I know businesses that are still now only adopting the, the Internet and websites and things like that. We don't want that same thing to happen for this new era of the Internet. Absolutely. Right. So tap in with us. And that was heavy on my heart, man. Tap, tap in with us, innovate, 
the the main thing that we focus on is, is innovation and experimenting, right? We will focus on the technology for you. We will help you integrate that technology. We want you to be open to uh, experimenting and, and trying something new and innovating. And, and we want you to focus on your business aspect and we help you with that innovation and that experimenting aspect. So tap in with us. We want you to be competitive. We want you to be better than we don't we don't you know we already know that you're better than but we want you to be better than when it comes to innovating and innovation as well so my free game for the day is for my my underrepresented founders tap in with us you know at least subscribe uh you know check out our podcast our clips reach out to us via twitter instagram at relink global and you know let's build something special let's build something special so that's my free game for the day. Love it. Love it. That's perfect, man. And I want to thank everybody for tapping in. Yes, you know, definitely please continue to follow us in this journey as we break down everything together. Yeah. And stay blessed, everybody. Peace. Peace.